Hello and welcome back to another Coffee and Heroes podcast after a month's hiatus where we promised we would be back on track. Uh, we're back with the previews uh, podcast, which is going to be looking at the October books, but we're also going to look at the September ones as well, as there were quite a lot of number ones set up in that that have rolled over into this month's books. So as I say, October book for December release. So your host is always Alan from Coffee and Heroes in Belfast. Joined once again by Mr. Keith Miller. Good evening. Good evening to you, sir. Uh, how are you keeping? Not too bad. Off the back, I'm pulling double duty tonight. Just off the back of a uh, interview, which will be going live soon as well. You're almost pulling triple duty because uh, you had a big weekend. Yeah. We had a big weekend. Yeah, we did. We just come off the back there of a signing. We had David M. Boer over. Absolutely, thoroughly, thoroughly lovely bloke. Um, very engaging. Very talented. And he's got some big things ahead of him as well. Mm-hmm. You know, I think. Yeah. I think the guys who were there um, will, will count themselves lucky a couple of years down the line because <laughs> some big things in that guy's future. Yeah, I mean, some great things in his recent past as well with uh, Dungeons & Dragons, Saturday Morning Adventures and uh, uh, Firefly and, of course, the Little Tin Knight. Little Tin Knight that could. Love. Exactly, and Canto as well. And there will be some news coming up about Canto soon as well, but we've been sworn to secrecy. So sorry, it's not that type of podcast. But what it is, is a podcast which is going to be going through the previous books. So yeah, these are the October books. Um, December releases mostly, so you know what December means, Keith? Uh, December means we're getting towards a new year where it starts to get light and airy towards spring and summer where it gets warm. And what's that event before the Happy New Year? Uh, I don't know because it's not even Halloween yet. <laughs> We're gearing up for the silly season. Um, I think it's a nice sort of um, mix there. You know, you don't like silly size books and you don't like the silly season. Yeah, yeah. I must say, again, we've talked about it. I like it at its time, just not three <laughs> months ahead of time. Um, it is funny to be uh, sitting at the end of September talking about December, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I mean, this is what's so weird about the comics industry, all these pre-orders. Um, so, but it's it's why we do these podcasts it's why we try to keep you guys as informed as we can make it as simple as possible because the comic industry it really is just like no other uh, and it's 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 almost trying to preview books and sell you books that don't come out for months that we haven't read that we're trying not to read too many spoilers about just follow creators kids just remember that just follow creators um, we didn't manage uh, for one reason or another to do a previews podcast last month and that cut off date has sort of passed already right well it has passed but there's always the foc which is a month from now yep. which is uh always a chance to top up order so you're not too late to pre-order any of these books and as we say we'll be sort of covering maybe not so much with marvel although certainly to a degree yeah, with one yeah. of the events uh-huh. but with dc books certainly the september books seem to be setting up a lot that the october book is continuing so when we'll be talking about december we will mention some of the stuff that was in the november book as well especially absolutely. if those were first issues absolutely and again not too late to get those pre-orders in or get any titles added to your pull list so as ever the books are divided into three you've got your dc book you've got your marvel book and you've got your independent book which we're delighted to see has image comics back this month <laughs> in a very limited fashion uh a limited but informative fashion as opposed yeah. to just a one-page list who uh, is it is distributing image now penguin random house Penguin Random House. so they they handle distribution for marvel as well mm-hmm. in america but over here it's still diamond uk so uh diamonds you know as much grief as i give diamond they do make the ordering process easy for us in that it is from one supplier that monopoly is obviously bad news in different ways but certainly if you run a comic store in the States, you're dealing with maybe three, four different suppliers. So yeah. three, four different accounts, three, four different customer service reps. 
three, four different types of delivery methods. So yeah, yeah, there's yeah. there's benefits to the monopoly, but unfortunately, as I have noted in six and a half years, plenty <laughs> of negatives as well. But we're not here to be a negative pod. We're here to be a positive pod. And as I say, it's it's the three different books. So when it comes to DC, as I say, we skipped last month's previous pod. Our apologies again. Uh, but we'll be able to play catch up and chat about DC's upcoming event, uh, Beast World, which is spinning out of Titans and shepherded by Tom Taylor and Ivan Rice with plenty of other creators involved there. Uh, we can also talk about how Jason Aaron is making his way to DC, his Batman writing debut. Is this his debut? He's never written Batman before? Never written Batman before, no. Well, so That is exciting. Brilliant yeah. sounding adventure that sees him working with Doug Mankey on art. Again, number one was in last month's book, but we'll be able to give the title its flowers today. Uh, there's also the continuation of Justice League Godzilla Kong, and yes, it's a title that does exactly what it says in the tin, and comes with a Roar variant. I have just finished watching uh, that series of movies, uh, the Godzilla and King of Monsters, mm-hmm. and Skull Island and uh, Godzilla vs. Kong, and they're <laughs> quite entertaining. They're to fun say. movies, are yeah. again, exactly what they say in the tin, and the TV show looks good as well, have you seen the trailer? No, I have not. Kurt what? Russell and his son are oh. playing the same character at two different times in their life. Ah, very clever. It's called Monarch. It's to do with the, uh, the, the, the company uh, that's the, obviously yes, trying to absolutely. weaponize them. Yeah. But yeah, it looks really, really good as well. Cool. Uh, also with DC, there's a further expansion of Superman's world with a cool sounding title exploring his most famous nemesis. Apologies to Lex. And also a seasonal sounding title with the Bat and Santa Claus teaming up. There's also an interesting experiment with facsimiles, which I, I want to have a wee conversation about this month. Oh, yes, I saw that. Yeah, yeah, we'll get into it later. Okay. And uh, some cool graphic novel and omnibus collections to round the book off. So it's a strong enough DC book, but I think it's a stronger looking DC book if you take the two months together. Yeah, okay, fair, fair. Uh, Marvel doesn't need to take the two months together to make it a strong looking <laughs> book, I have to tell you. Sorry about that, Alan. Um, so oh really the, what's the oh really Let's the, like that. the <laughs> house of ideas is closing out its year with a host of uh eye-catching i'm i'm wary to call them events because i feel like the term event in comics has been overused it's almost a negative isn't it yeah yeah you know there, went, and there was a time that an event was an event yeah but now you know but anyway that's that's what they called them so um, not least of which is the apparent death of Moon Knight. Uh, but where there's an ending, there's also a new beginning. Uh, with January seeing the launch of a new Moon Knight title, and it looks the whole the whole thing looks exciting. The way McKay has been leading up to it and everything else, and uh, that'll be the next chapter of Jed McKay and Alessandra Capuccio's best-selling saga. Um, also spinning out of Moon Knight, uh, it's become a wee bit of a tradition the past three, four years. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, after Jed McKay's Timeless, Jed McKay obviously being Moon Knight's uh, author as well, and Timeless has been this usually Kang related, and it gives us the, you know, the uh, preview of what's going to happen in the the six one six universe mm-hmm. uh, in the coming year. <laughs> it's getting to the point though that you kind of wonder how they're going to jam all these all these things in because certainly they haven't jammed in all the stuff they talked about in last year's Timeless yet uh, into this year but that's describing the future of the Marvel Universe and uh, and that is uh, Colin Kelly and Jackson Lansing uh, this time around 
Uh, and then uh, much more down to earth, much more street level. Now you're speaking my language. Oh yes, we have the gang war story arc. Uh, I will. Uh, I think I could reliably describe this as a crossover <laughs> um, rather than an event. Um, playing out in the various Spider-Man books, uh, super crimes tearing through New York, and it's going to cross over into Miles Morales, Daredevil, Elektra, Shang Chi, and all of that sort of stuff. So there's lots of good stuff happening. Um, uh, sort of all over. I mean, the whole the whole gist of gang war about Spider Man trying to take down New York City's super gangs in just forty eight hours just sounds frenetic. It sounds it sounds perfect. Um, you know, a lot a lot of fun, and with all these characters being pulled in from from different places. Um, Shang Chi's got a got a Deadly Hands of Kung Fu uh, four part series, but you'll be really interested to know that David Aja is uh, drawing the cover for at least the first issue, possibly all of them. Um, some interesting number ones coming up Spider Gwen there's a new Spider Gwen miniseries called Spider Gwen Smash uh, Melissa Flores and Enid Balam and it sounds like uh, music and uh, music and Spider Gwen mayhem uh, jamming up together uh, this is Melissa Flores' debut with Marvel uh, she obviously was in the Power Rangers universe yes. and did the Dead yeah, Lucky I as part so. of the Massiverse yeah. Yeah. So. absolutely so while Spider Gwen isn't necessarily uh, my pick, though, after the recent Across the Spider Verse uh, movie, that could very that could change very very quickly. Still haven't uh, seen it. Uh, it looks like it's going to have her band, the Mary Janes, up against an assassin. So, uh, so that's pretty cool. And Sentry Number One look, look looks like it's offering a whole new take on that character, uh, with multiple people around the world suddenly developing Bob Reynolds' powers and memories. Looking at those stuff. notes, reading that fast, that I, I was convinced that said Burt Reynolds. <laughs> Bob. Bob Reynolds. I don't know what that yeah, says yeah. about me, but there you go. Burt Reynolds and a better moustache. <laughs> Bob Reynolds has better superpowers. So yeah, plenty in the Marvel book to look forward to there. And then working on to the indie book as well. You know, as I say, welcome back to the previews book to Image Comics. It's it's just been a list the last couple of months, but now we have proper solicitations again. And there's plenty to look forward to there. Though it is no longer pride of place at the start with that honour now going to Boom Studios. But looking through the indie book, lots of great stuff to look forward to this month from several indie publishers. You know, it's good to see Dark Horse with a few books in there, for example. But when it comes to the image, there's an obvious original hardcover standout from one of our favourite creative teams. There's a further expansion of the Energon universe from Joshua Williamson. A store favourite title unfortunately comes to an end. And plenty more in between as Tom Keane as well makes uh, his boom debut with some indie stuff as well. So all in all, plenty to chat about. So let's get to it. And as I say, when I say get to it, we kind of have to go to the September book. <laughs> uh, certainly for the big event through DC, which is Earth is about to become Titans Beast World in this all new Titans crossover. So... Tom Taylor and Nicholas Scott have uh, been doing their Titans book. It's replaced the Justice League as the main DC team book. We're three issues in. It did unfortunately suffer from a bit of a, a stop-start nature because it got two issues in. And then I promised I wouldn't mention it, but here I am. Night Terrors was in there for a couple of months. Uh, but the momentum's starting to come back again. Issue three came out there last week which was very, very strong. And then it's all leading towards this event, which is going to go through November, December and January. Indeed. Um, and the, uh, I mean, from last, from last month's uh, book, uh, the solicitation for Beast Word number one uh, says the biggest threat, oh no, to the DC universe is Beast Boy, no less. Can the Titans save the world and their teammate? 
Superstars Tom Taylor and Ivan Rice team up for an unprecedented Titans crossover. Clawing its way out of the pages of Titans comes an unprecedented threat to the DC Universe. Superman, Wonder Woman, Starfire all are powerless to stop the Necrostar from ending all life on Earth. The only hero who can save the world is Beast Boy. With Nightwing, Raven, Cyborg and the Titans beside him, can Garfield Logan rise to battle an ancient evil? What will Amanda Waller do to take advantage of the situation as millions of people are changed into rampaging creatures? Can humanity survive all powerful heroes and villains transformed into ferocious beasts? Friends will fall, heroes will rise, and nothing will ever be the same again. Earth is about to become Beast World. DC. Sorry, this is the DC book, <laughs> this, this is the Marvel book. No, this okay. is the DC book. Uh, DC proudly presents the Titans' first crossover as the world's premier superhero team with the universe-shattering repercussions. Brought to you by all-car star creative steam Tom Taylor and artist Ivan Reyes, this story promises to be an epic one that will set the stage for what's to come for the DCU. So obviously, uh, Titans Beast World number one will was in the, uh, the, the November September. releases yeah. and uh, Beast World number two is in the December releases. So I'll, I'll spoil no further uh, by reading uh, the... the, the the stuff for the second issue but uh, it is status quo shattering titans crossover continues um it's a weird one because i mean i'm looking forward to it obviously with that creative team but i feel like titans really hasn't got a good chance to start yet yeah it hasn't really got established i mean we've we've a decent amount of people on titans in the store which i think is based off the fact of it's tom taylor the nightwing is such a trusted uh title at this point so having nightwing you know at the forefront of a book like this does uh-huh. help i mean i do find it a little strange i mean i almost wish it was going across titans if this makes sense you know instead of it being a six issue series titans beast world one two three four five six yeah why isn't it just titans number four titans number five titans number six yeah which would make it a little easier in the wallet but also a little easier on following it because uh, it would, yeah. you're going to be following a titans book at the same time yeah and then you have this, but they're not going to cross over. Yeah, so it's a little. I mean, strange. they keep making they keep making the, um, you know, the com- the comment that you know the Titans have replaced the Justice League mm-hmm. as the most important super team in the world, but they haven't done anything yet to, no. you know, they haven't had they've a been chance with Brother Blood. Yeah, they've been doing it. Yeah, who's <laughs> one of their enemies anyway? Yeah, but they haven't had a chance to establish themselves in universe as the team that. But then maybe that's what this event is for, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, maybe. I just feel like they just... It's, it's kind of... It feels a bit rushed. It feels a bit... Exactly. It feels like they need to get something in and uh, just let the just let the title breathe for a wee while yeah. before you before you start kicking into this sort of stuff, which, you know... But again, despite despite maybe sounding a little bit downbeat on it, that is a very impressive oh, no, creative yeah. team. Yeah, I'm really looking forward um, to it. It seems to be a six-issue miniseries. There is a, a one-shot leading into it called Titans Beast World Evolution. Mm-hmm. Then it's a six-issue miniseries, and then what they're doing, which is actually quite a nice idea, it reminds me a little bit of um, when they did Death Metal. It's a series of one-shots that focuses on different places. So what yeah. they've done is they've called it Titans Beast World Tour. So there's going to be a one-shot in Metropolis, a one-shot in Gotham, a one-shot in Central City, one-shot in Atlantis, a one-shot in Star same, City. So, same format as they ran for Lazarus Planet as well. Yeah. Yeah, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I, I like the idea of that. You can just dip in and out if you're a Batman fan or you're a Superman fan or you're a Flash fan. So you don't necessarily have to pick it all up, although there yeah. are plenty of completionists um, who come to the store who no doubt will. Just, I mean, just to make it clear, I'm, I'm complaining on behalf of Titans, uh, <laughs> not against Titans. Uh, I'm quite sure sort of Tom Taylor uh, would much rather have been continuing his own story rather than be derailed by a 
Uh, crossover. Ah, uh, this is the problem with signing exclusively. DC got to get their money's worth. They've got to get their money's worth. <laughs> so yeah, Sweet. so that's definitely the the big event. Certainly, uh, DC are going with towards the end of the year. But there is a, a rather nice series starting again was in the September book <laughs> again yeah. apologies uh, but number two's in this one and this must be one you're looking for oh to. my god it's one of your favourite writers of all time when did I ever get a chance to talk about Batman book whenever you're sitting beside me I uh, I I cede the floor to you. Yeah, why, well, thank you, because this is Batman Offworld number one, releasing uh, November 21st. Uh, and it is superstar writer uh, Thor's own Jason Aaron uh, teaming up with blockbuster artist Dog Monkey, Dog Monkey, Dog Monkey, Dog Monkey, for the fight of the Dark Knight's life. Uh, a routine night in Gotham City for a young Batman proves to be anything but routine when the crime fighter is confronted with a sort of foe he's never faced before. One from beyond the stars. A universe of possible alien threats leads Batman to make a daring decision to venture alone into the far reaches of the cosmos for the very first time, where the Dark Knight will face the fight of his life. Superstar writer Jason Aaron delivers his first Batman story ever, partnered with artist Doug Mankey for a unique, brutal tale. Yes, <laughs> I, am, I am all over that. Uh, the uh, issue two is in the uh, December book, December yep. releases book. Again, we'll not go too much further in talking about that, I don't think. But uh, yeah, 100%, I am on that. Yeah. I am on that. Yeah, definitely excited. I mean, I kind of wish we'd see this more modern comics creators jumping from one publisher to the other, you know, that obviously we we're talking there about Tom Taylor being exclusive to DC, you know, despite being a DC Primarily a DC fan. Yeah. You know, I like to see them write for both. Uh, yeah. So seeing Jason Aaron come across is genuinely exciting. I'm really looking forward to seeing his take on Batman. And uh, it's actually at a time as well where there's not an awful lot of Batman series, which is strange. An awful Be- not, not an awful lot of Batman series relative to how many Batman series there already are. As, as there are normally, but if you think about it, you've got Batman and Detective. You've got Batman, Superman, World's Finest, which is a team-up book. Mm-hmm. Beyond that, you start... You know, White Knight has come to an end. Um, you know, some of the Black Label stuff will have come to an end. Yeah, so yeah. it's it's a nice time now for a new voice within Batman. Yeah, so absolutely. So having Jason Aaron there is definitely a, a big plus 100%. for DC. 100%. Um, and the reason there's not so many Batman books right now is because it seems to be being bloody taken over by Superman books. <laughs> and here's another one for you as well, which uh, actually sounds really interesting, called Neil Before Zod. I implore you not to read that in Terrence Stamp's voice. Uh, so Neil Before Zod number one, written by Joe Casey with art by Dan McDade. Um, so General Zod was Krypton's most notorious criminal. Now he has an entire planet to rule. But what happens when the most dangerous individual in the universe gets everything he ever wanted? Obviously he wants more and he'll stop at nothing to get it in the most brutal series you'll read this year. This is not a hero's journey. This is a dark ride brought to you by the sick and twisted minds of Adventures of Superman writer Joe Casey and artist Dan McDade in his monumental mainline DC debut. For General Zod and his family, the descent into hell has just begun. So, sounds like a really interesting book. Obviously, uh, following more of the, the villain rather than the hero. Is it one shot, is it? I'm not actually sure. It's only a $4.32 pager. So, for me, that sounds like the start of a series rather than... Most one shots tend to be forty eight pages. Okay, yeah, you know, that yep. kind of thing. Um, well, interesting uh, because uh, the solicitation for Action Comics one one thousand and sixty, uh, which is released in December twelfth, guest starring Constantine. Oh, really? 
Uh, Etrigan and Bloodwind, a mistake from Superman's past is returning. Metropolis hangs in the balance as the super family is betrayed from within and stripped of their powers one by one. Superman sets out on a suicide mission into the multiverse alongside the unlikeliest of allies, Constantine, the demon Etrigan, and making his return to action comics, Bloodwind. Plus, during Beast World in Metropolis, Dreamer has a run-in with life-changing consequences and Zod's, son's, Zod's son begins to, to suspect New Candor isn't as peaceful as it seems in the prelude to Neil Before Zod, number one. So there we go. So yeah. all the titles uh, crossing across each other. And uh, yeah, we've talked about Superman way too much in this already. Yeah, we have. <laughs> So let's write that wrong and go back to Batman. Uh, yeah, one that's coming <laughs> up is that actually sounds really interesting. The issue one is actually out in uh, the start of December, and then it's a weekly title leading up to Christmas. Sorry, Keith. Uh, Batman Santa Claus Silent Night number one. Now, before you scoff at this as one of the worst ideas of all time, covers by Dan Mora. There's a plus straight away. Uh, it's written by Jeff Parker with art by Michelle Bandini. Santa Claus is coming to town. The four-part crossover event of a generation begins when a not-so-jolly Saint Nick hits Gotham City to investigate a brutal crime in the days leading up to Christmas. What manner of man or beast could have committed such atrocities? With the help of his former student Batman, Clemens doesn't sound great, Santa will team up with the heroes of the DC <laughs> Universe to right this wrong, or the world wakes up to coal in their stockings. A brutal two-fisted holiday tale of hope, wonder and monster hunting is a perfect treat to ring in the holidays. It's Klaus in canon. Tell me that doesn't sound great. Uh, interesting. Is that, I take it that's not connected to Klaus, uh, the Grant Morrison Klaus. The interesting thing with Klaus with Grant Morrison is that Dan Moore is the artist on it. Uh-huh, yeah. So I don't think it's an official thing. Yeah, yeah. But uh, okay. I, I think there will be similarities there. There not? is also a rather great Dark Knight Returns variant homage cover there as well which uh, has Robin and Santa Claus leaping through oh air, lovely as opposed although I doubt Frank Miller draws it nope it's yeah. Otto Schmidt uh-huh. so yeah I think that sounds really good four issues bit of fun leading up to Christmas sounds good to me lovely um, Outsiders number two is in uh, this month's book so let me tell you about Outsiders number one which releases November 14th and was in last month's book uh, explore the forgotten corners of the DC multiverse with Batwoman and Luke Fox a universe of secrets is about to come to light. Batman protects Gotham City from evil. Batman Incorporate, Incorporated protects the rest of the known world. But what of the unknown world? What of the ancient evils in hidden tombs and forgotten tragedies from magic and mad science fueled superheroic century? Using his fortune, Luke Fox launches a new organisation dedicated to shining a light into the world's darkest corners. His first recruit... Kate Kane, the Batwoman, who will re-embrace her military background to protect Luke's dream and encounter every bit of strangeness the DCU has to offer. And just wait until you meet the third man, or what the universe-shattering, or or learn what universe-shattering secret they've discovered buried under Antarctica. Outsiders is the return of comic book archaeology, digging into the forgotten corners of DC histories to preserve, record, and better understand the true nature of the DC multiverse and the forgotten stories that make up its fabric. And the most exciting part of this, it's written by Jackson Lansing and Colin Kelly. Of Batman One Bad Day Clayface. <laughs> Theme. Yes, yes, yes. And, and no other. And a few other Marvel bits and pieces yeah, as well. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, <laughs> and of course, Star Trek. Uh, so, there's some great stuff there. So, uh, of course, issue two will be in, uh, in the December uh, previews book and looks equally as interesting. 
Yeah, I mean, that's definitely uh, curious to see what Kelly and Lansing can come up with. They've a pretty high hit rate at this point. Really enjoyed their Captain America stuff as well. Um, I should say artist in that is Robert Carey. Nice. So we move on from there, and I wanted to have a little chat about facsimiles. Now, facsimiles to me are a really good idea in Marvel and DC in that they perfectly reprint classic stories, uh, key issues, issues that maybe are too expensive for you to get otherwise. Uh, so it makes sense from that point of view in terms of a historical context, being able to have good access to those stories. And I'm a little confused by this month's one because they're doing a facsimile for Batman 404. Now, if that sounds familiar, that's because it is the first part of Batman Year One, which, you know, its importance to Batman canon and to the comics industry in general cannot be overstated. Frank Miller, David Mazzuchelli, absolute top of their game. But what confuses me is they are doing a facsimile for 404, 405, 406, and 407. Now, that is all four parts of Year One. Is that not what a graphic novel's for? We don't need a complete facsimile <laughs> run of four issues. But the worst part is, I know I'm going to get these because there's a foil variant cover for all four of them, which is Mazzuchelli's artwork. So I know I'm going to bloody get them. Damn you, DC. I have enough versions of Batman Year One and you found a way for me to buy another one. And they're still the same price as... They're $1 more expensive. So a pound more expensive for the foil. Now, don't get me wrong. If you've never read Batman Year One, first of all, hit your bingo card. What are you doing with your life? Because it's one of the single greatest things of all time. It's Batman's origin story. It's uh, Gordon's first... Uh, uh, entry into Gotham City and working his way up. It's it's everything a Batman story should be in, and Batman Begins took so much inspiration from it. So this would be an interesting way to read it. But there's also an eleven pound graphic novel which has all four issues. Mm. So I'll leave that up to yourself. Now it does come with the original uh, printing colors, which is good because Batman Year One they did a recolored version of a little while back, and it just it didn't look right. It looked very artificial. Um, as opposed to the original colouring that was done. So, But yeah, uh, I'll leave it up to yourselves, guys, but uh, graphic novels are available for this very purpose. <laughs> Speaking of graphic novels... Uh, yeah, one that uh, one that I didn't read uh, whenever it was in singles. Uh, just, I, I mean, I'll probably grab that too, I have to say, just to, just to have. Uh, one that I didn't read when it was in single issues. Uh, surprising, because it's uh, Kyle Starks uh, on, the, uh, on the, the writing duties. Uh, was Peacemaker Tries Hard, which is releasing uh, actually early next year. It's in this book now, but it's releasing uh, February as a hardcover. Um, so that is Kyle Starks and Steve Pugh. Christopher Smith isn't very good at being a superhero, but Peacemaker Tries Hard, an extremely ages 17-plus book from writer Kyle Starks and artist Steve Pugh, puts Peacemaker on a quest to save his beloved dog from a supervillain who has some nefarious plans for Christopher Smith's skill set. So it sounds a wee bit... Uh, a wee bit uh, constant. No, what do you call John him? Wick John Wick. Um, and what's his beloved dog in that called? Oh God, I can't remember. No, his beloved dog in Peacemaker tries hard. Well, what's he called? Bruce Wayne. <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. After being released from Suicide Squad, Squad Peacemaker uh, wants to try and do normal superhero stuff for a change. However, when busting up a terrorist ring introduces Christopher Smith, the cutest dog he's ever seen, he finds the unconditional love he's been denied his whole life. That is until the dog is kidnapped right out from under him by a supervillain who has some very unsuperheroic plans for Peacemaker's brand of ultraviolence. Will, uh, will he help an infamously unstable superpowered criminal steal the world's most valuable asset? 
most valuable and dangerous DNA. Interesting. Great book. Is uh, it? Yeah, I've been on it from the start. Yeah. It's it's essentially like extra episodes of the TV show. Oh, Peacemaker okay. looks like John Cena. You read it in his voice. <laughs> it's the same adult tone. It's the same, you know, um, sense of humor to it. Very, very good stuff. Highly, highly recommend. As you say, Kyle Starks, you know, Rock Candy Mountain, yeah. Six Sidekicks, Trigger Keaton. Lots of great stuff. Really good sense of humor. There. Uh, and that, that TV series is still my favorite thing that DC has put out. I mean, them's big words, but, yeah. you know, it is very good, though. Yeah, it is very, very, very good. good. Uh, and then, yeah, just a couple of things just to finish off in the DC book. Uh, Night Terrors will be hitting the collected editions, uh, also out in February in advance solicit. Here's the other thing about Night Terrors, right? Uh-huh. We're about to hit October. We're into the month of Halloween. Yeah. The single issues have finished. Oh, we should maybe bring the trade out for Halloween. No, we're going to release it in the month of Valentine's Day. <laughs> oh, I don't know who's doing DC's release dates. But anyway, um, on the plus side, they're going to release them as three hardcovers, you know, all the same size, similar amount of content. So you've got Night Terrors, which is the four issue mini plus the two one shots, as well as the free comic book day special edition story. You're then going to have two companion pieces, one called Dark Nightmares, which is going to essentially be the bat side of the universe. You've got your two issues of Batman, Catwoman, Detective, Nightwing, and Robin. And then you've got Dawn of DC, Night Terror's Nightmare League, which is more your Superman side of things and Justice League. So you have Action Comics, Green Lantern, Superman, The Flash, and Wonder Woman. And then the last one I wanted to mention, just for the uh, those of you out there who love a lovely deluxe edition of Classic Stories, we've got The Absolute Superman by Jeff Johns and Gary Frank. No. So... Legendary Superman stories from the Doomsday Clock team. Uh, experience Jeff Johns and Gary Frank's legendary Superman trilogy like never before. Presented in DC's prestigious oversized hardcover format, the Absolute Edition collects the complete Superman and the Legion of Superheroes, Superman Brainiac, and Superman Secret Origin together for the first time. Featuring Action Comics 858 to 863, 866 to 870, Superman Secret Origin 1 to 6, and stories from Action Comics Annual 10. New Krypton Special and Action Comics 900, along with character designs by Gary Frank, a script by Jeff Johns, an extensive cover gallery, a brand new double spread slipcase cover by Gary Frank, never before seen pencils, and more. So, yeah, some of the best Superman storytelling you can get there. And, jeez, uh, we've talked a lot about Superman here. That's not a bad thing. I'm uncomfortable with this. Not a bad thing. I'm out of my comfort zone. You may get comfortable. You're talking about Batman and I'm talking about Superman. <laughs> you know, that's the way. That's the way um, we roll. Well, that is the way we roll. So yeah, that'll do as they, it. <laughs> as they say in my gym, get comfortable being uncomfortable. <laughs> Next month, a return to our regularly scheduled Batman talk, please. Uh, so yeah, that's going to do it for the DC book. Of course, you can check out the DC book at any time. Just look at DC Connect. Uh, just Google DC Connect and look up the, the most recent uh, book on there. So we'll move away from DC and on to Marvel. So kick us off. Yes, and we're better to kick off than with uh, the now annual Timeless number one one-shot, uh, 58 pages of uh, Marvel Future Goodness. Uh, brought to us this time around by Colin Kelly and Jackson Lansing. Names that we're already familiar with from the DC book and we will become more familiar with as our podcast passes. Uh, art is by the incomparable Juan Cabal. Uh, we've got a lovely uh, a lover, lovely cover by Kale New uh, and a gatefold ver- wraparound variant cover by Alex Ross, which I believe is the one I want. Look at that. Uh, it's a gatefold cover and it shows a lot of uh, Marvel heroes. It's rather glorious. In their classic uh, sort of 
costumes and whatnot there, and I think there's Black Knight front and centre and a few others. So anyway, uh, behold the future of the Marvel Universe featuring the debut of two new Marvel icons. In a devastating future born from the choices of today, all of time and space is threatened by the ascension of an ancient evil. The Moon Knight unending has risen. A nightmare hero of Stark Tech, the Eternal Machine and the God of the Moon. And now all of Earth bows before his overwhelming power. But one man stands against Khonshu's coming tide of chaos. Power Man, the Marvel Universe's final living superhero. But who is Power Man? And how did he come to wield the unstable powers of the Sentry, the Hulk and the Iron Fist? What dark, deeply personal conflict underpins this mind-bending apocalypse? And at the end of the line, can the Marvel Universe ever be truly saved? Plus a shocking glimpse into the next year of Marvel stories. What a way to begin! Yeah, so that's your annual one shot, isn't it? It's always it's sort of a, almost like a state of the state uh, of the union. For the yeah, Marvel it is kind of it's it's uh, yeah sort of forward looking. Yeah, um, it's sort of t- it's a teaser, uh, you know. So yeah, I'm really. Uh, but as I say, they they're, they they teased stuff in last year's so that they still quite haven't got to. Yeah. So uh, they're really. You hope they haven't forgotten. They're about really that. racking them up, you know. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you hope they haven't forgotten about that. Uh huh. Uh, well, we'll move on from there and on to certainly what has been one of my favourite titles from Marvel in the last couple of years, and that is Moon Knight, which has been a fantastic run the whole way through, always written by Jed Mackay, predominantly drawn by Alessandro Capuccio. There's been the odd uh, fill-in artist here and there, but by and large, they have been the, the series' regular artist. But that title is coming to an end on December 13th with Moon Knight number 30. Uh, so the terminal seconds of Moon Knight, Night's End, the Battle of the Mount reaches an explosive conclusion and all that stands in the way of the Black Spectre's scheme of annihilation is Moon Knight. But can Moon Knight triumph against the odds arrayed against him or will the Mount stand as his tombstone? With all hope of resurrection gone, Moon Knight's life hangs on the line along with Manhattan. And you might be sad that that's the end of Moon Knight and to a degree it is, but it is going to be replaced in the new year by Vengeance of the Moon Knight, a brand new number one series going to hit on January 3rd. And most excitingly, it is the same creative team. It is written by Jed McKay, the artist by Alessandro Capuccio, and there's even a glorious Greg Capullo, one of my favourite artists of all time, doing variants. Greg Capullo over at Marvel alone is an exciting uh, development. I mean, the, 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 the cover by David Finch, the A cover by David Finch is bloody fantastic. Uh, but yeah, the Greg Capullo cover is great. So, Vengeance of the Moon Knight. So, the idea here, I would imagine, uh, you know, if you're new to this series, this will be a perfect jumping on point. But at the same time, it will continue story threads, certainly from um, the first 30 issues there of Moon Knight. So, clad in the black of morning, the midnight mission remains. But who is left to keep the faith? And how have they been changed by the Black Spectre's masterstroke? The next chapter of Moon Knight starts here as the congruence of the midnight mission pick up the pieces and carry on the mission and find themselves faced with a mysterious new enemy in eerily familiar vestments. So, Moon Knight in the Marvel Universe is alive and well in one form or another. And <laughs> I love I love how the previous book has done it. Moon Knight Remembered, a cover by Greg Capullo. The Knight is Dead. Turn the page. You turn the page and we get the Moon Knight 30 preview. We turn the page. Uh, there's a long live the night. <laughs> and, then, and then you turn the page for Vengeance of Moon Knight. And you get the rest in peace Moon Knight cover by Greg Capullo. <laughs> Fantastic. It's really good. I love how Jed McKay does this. How he plays with he plays with series this way. The same way as he did with Doctor Strange. Yeah. You know, he did the death of Doctor Strange. He did Strange the death of Doctor Strange. And then he had Strange. 
was and just now, clear strange it was, it was clear strange uh, which was brilliant and then it ran straight into the new Doctor Strange series same creative team uh, but it just it was a nice nice use of series rather yeah. than rather than starting and stopping something for the sake of a new number one this was starting and stopping it for the sake of uh, you yeah, know, a big status quo yeah, change yeah exactly so um, I guess staying on the uh, the street level side of the Marvel Universe but maybe um, but maybe this spooky side of the Marvel Universe uh, we have got Amazing Spider-Man uh, te- number 39 tells us that Gang War kicks off here uh, Gang War was very much previewed in last month's uh, last month's previews book which I happen to have in front of me so let's talk Let's talk gang war as soon as I find the right page. I mean, you might need about three pages given the amount of uh, titles involved in this. But uh, yeah, the the basic crux of it seems to be this is your street level stuff. Yeah. And uh, you had mentioned it in the intro, 48 hours in in Manhattan. Yeah, absolutely. So um, so we gang war, for, there's, we'll start off with, you know, as we always do now with, with these series. We'll the lead-ins. With, the lead-ins with gang war first strike and all through November 2023. Amazing Spider-Man 37, 38. Miles Morales, Morales Spider-Man number 12. Then there's the Amazing Spider-Man Gang War First Strike one-shot. Uh, Spider-Man number one. So that's a new kickoff for uh, for Spider-Woman title. Um, which uh, I think is... Let me see. Spider-Man, Spider-Woman number one by Steve Fox and Corolla, uh, Corolla Borelli. Um, so that's the kickoff of the ongoing Spider-Woman title is going to be part of... Of this, uh, this gang war sort of crossover. Um, so then we also have uh, Luke Cage gang war number one of four. Uh, then getting into December, uh, Amazing Spider-Man uh, 39, which uh, is previewed this month, will be uh, a special oversized issue, which will kick off gang war. Then Spider-Man 40, Miles Morales 13 and 14, Daredevil gang war number one of four, Spider-Woman 2, Luke Cage gang war number two of four, and Deadly Hangs of Kung Fu, Gang War number one of three. That will then continue through January and February. And all the way to March. With one issue in March. It looks like it's more or less finishing off in February. The most important really. issue in March. Well, so uh, so it's a, it's a chunky one. It is a chunky one. Now, for me, I'm already on Amazing Spider-Man and Miles Morales. Uh, and I'll definitely pay, be picking up Luke Cage, uh, for sure. And Deadly Hands of Kung Fu, so... And probably Daredevil. There you go. Well, but we'll get you there. So we're yeah, absolutely. So it's not going to be a big, you know. But anyway, uh, a war has erupted between the gang lords of New York City, causing chaos throughout the Big Apple. Villains are fighting villains. Criminals are fighting criminals. Hobgoblin, Mister Negative, the Owl, Shotgun, Diamondback, Aim, Hydra, and more battle with and against each other for New York City supremacy. For Peter Parker, aka Spider Man, going on patrol isn't enough, and he declares his own war on supercrime. It's General Spidey at the helm, leading the group of heroes that includes Miles Morales, She-Hulk, Daredevil and Spider-Woman. Their goal? Take down the super gangs in 48 hours. But what does Mayor Luke Cage and the city's uh, strong anti-vigilante laws have to say about it? Will Jackpot, Jackpot who we we know to be Mary Jane, gamble in getting involved? And is Shang-Chi a friend or a foe? Uh, They better all figure it out before two classic villains uh, make a game-changing return. Big things are brewing in Gang War. Don't miss Amazing Spider-Man Gang War first strike in November before the event kicks off in December with Amazing Spider-Man number 39. How does that sound to you? Sounds chunky, as you say. Sounds exciting, though. No, definitely. I mean, I've always been more of a fan of the street-level Marvel stuff. You know, I've always preferred that. Uh, So, yeah, I mean... uh, 
it sort of looks like you could dip in and out of it as long as you stick to Amazing Spider-Man. That's where the main thread will go through. I think so. But at the same time, Rodney Barnes writing Luke Cage. Well, I mean, yeah, that, that, there was no, there was no way I was going to stay off uh, Luke Cage. Uh, you, there was that Luke Cage. Um, City on City Fire, on fire that was cancelled. So, uh, so this is cool. So, Rodney Barnes and Ramon F. Bach uh, on Luke Cage gang war. In the wake of the Anti Vigilante Act, Luke has been trying to save the city from behind the desk, but meeting with an old friend, who else but Danny Rand, uh, reminds him of his good old days when problems could be punched in order to solve them. As New York descends into a gang war, Luke must use every power he has to protect the innocent and save his city. So I can only imagine Mayor Luke Cage will be taking on a secret identity <laughs> in order to uh, to do so. Uh, we also have, uh, starting in December, Daredevil Gang War uh, by Erica Schultz and Sergio Davila. Uh, the heat is on in Hell's Kitchen. Electro Nachos, former assassin turned daredevil, has been recruited by the amazing Spider-Man to stop New York City from tearing itself apart as every mobster and supervillain in town goes to war and Electra is the only thing standing in the way of Hell's Kitchen's annihilation at the hands of a dangerous new gang, the Heat, whose violent schemes are... whose violence... whose violent schemes from the pages of Daredevil unfold. There we go, that makes sense. That was quite the sentence. So, so obviously Electra is still very much a part of uh, the new Daredevil book, the Solid yeah. and Amid one. We've only, I've only read one issue, um, but clearly this is spinning out of it. But it's, it's cool to see Electra still wearing the red. Yeah. Uh, so it is. Um, and lastly, if you don't mind... Uh, the one you're possibly looking forward to oh, most. Oh, yes. Deadly Hands of Kung Fu Gang War Number 104 by Greg Pak and Chow Miata. Miato. Uh, whose side are you on? Gang war has thrown the crime lords and superheroes of New York City into deadly conflict and as both, Shang-Chi must play each side against each other as the dangerous in a dangerous game of deception. When he became leader of his family's Five Weapons Society, he promised to use it for good, but friends and foes alike have been unsure of his true intentions. The stakes of gang war will force his hand as he vows to protect Chinatown and use the opportunity to eliminate the Five Weapons Society's bigger rivals. He'll use uh, his world-class fighting skills as well as deceit, calculation and manipulation to navigate the battlefield as he learns the art of war is all about the shades of grey. So that is first part of a four issue and I am glad to see Shang-Chi back again uh, under the guiding hand of Greg Pak. I'm glad to see David Asha doing some covers again. Yeah, oh that cover's lovely isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Very nice. Very cool. Nice. So, uh, any questions about Gang War, or can we uh, can we move on? <laughs> so, lots to unpack there, certainly with Gang War, uh, but that's not the only Spider-Man uh, related title to look forward to. Um, issue two is actually due in December from this current book, but again, number one was last month, which we skipped. So, just to do a little bit of a catch up, we have Superior Spider-Man number one, which is Dan Slott writing and Mark Bagley on art. So that's an instant sell. A superior reckoning, Spider-Man faces a new villain from his superior past. Uh, as she fries New York with all the power of a living star, Doc Ock makes a life-changing discovery. Mark Bagley and Dan Slott continue their Spider-Man run with this 10th anniversary celebration of everything that made Spider-Man superior. And one of the reasons I mentioned that as well is that we have something a little special in store for the first 12 people who sign up for that. Uh, I cannot go into too many details, but it may involve a little bit of original art. And uh, as I said, it will be for the first 12 people. We've currently got seven people, so get those pre-orders in on that. And then another title that number two is in this month, but I'll mention the number one because this is always one of the 
uh, fan favorite characters in store and that is Punisher but this is Punisher very much with a difference it's written by David P. Post uh, who recently did Savage Avengers fantastically so currently doing Moon Knight City of the Dead yep. which is very good as well uh, Dave watched her on Art who's done Planet of the Apes X-Men mm-hmm. Legends yep. so Punisher number one is this the return of Frank Castle or the start of something else Frank Castle has disappeared but evil will always need to be punished with all new threats rising to claim innocent victims, criminals will need to be aware of a dangerous vigilante hunting from the shadows. Who is the new Punisher? What put him on his path of vengeance? And when the smoke clears, will he even make it out alive? It's John Wick meets the Fugitive. <laughs> Sold. As the Marvel Universe meets the next generation of Punishment. So, again, the number one was in the, the previous book, the September 4 November. Uh, but there's still plenty of time to get that onto your pull list if you haven't already. So, I mean, given uh, given how the last Punisher series, Jason Arns, uh, what direction it took and the way it finished. Um, so this is this is definitely a new guy uh, for now. I would say. hundred uh, percent. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, Thunderbolts, uh, number one of four. Um, now this was solicited in the previous book. Yeah. Uh, Thunderbolts number one, and now it's Thunderbolts number one of four. Um, I do wish that the Marvel, Marvel have got this new habit of everything being a miniseries, and it's kind of starting to annoy me a wee bit. I have to say, whether it's the, those sort of nostalgic series, mm-hmm. you know, the going back and you know twenty years when with classic writers or whatever. But yeah, just I mean, I wish they would just have the balls to give something a chance to run. Yeah. But regardless, uh, Thunderbolts number one of four, and again, not a complaint. But this is obviously in here because of the new uh, TV series, or is it movie coming out? I think it's a movie. One of the two, anyway. But, uh, hallelujah, it's uh, Colin Kelly and Jackson Lansing. Again. <laughs> With uh, art by uh, Geraldo Borres. Um, Bucky Barnes, The New Revolution. That will mean something to you if you've been reading Captain America's Civil War. Just inherited uh, a mountain of covert intel, and he has one objective justice like lightning he's going after the establishment the people who no one else is willing or able to take down and he'll do whatever it takes to win teaming with the mysterious Countessa Valentino Allegra de Fontaine uh, who uh, you will also be aware of if you've been watching any of the recent Marvel movies Um, Bucky uh, assembles a a team of black ops heavy hitters uh, to pursue high profile targets like the Red Skull Kingpin and even Doctor Doom himself no one is safe from the Thunderbolts. I love that justice, like lightning. The classic, uh, the classic Thunderbolts call. Uh, so yeah, pretty, pretty cool stuff. Um, what are you thinking about that? Are you interested? Yeah, anything involving Bucky Barnes tends to have my attention, and I like the direction Kelly and Lansing certainly uh, took him with uh, Captain America: Central of Liberty and all of that stuff. So if it's a continuation of that, you can count me in. Cool, cool. Um, Again, one that appeared, the number two appeared in last month's catalogue. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll give you the solicitation for number one. Uh, and it is picking up after nearly 40 years, celebrating one of my favourite ever uh, Marvel definitely events. <laughs> Back when an event in my day was an event. <laughs> Quite. Uh, Marvel Superheroes Secret Wars, uh, Battle World number one and four. And they've, they've labelled this, we were talking about those nostalgic miniseries, they've labelled this Marvel retro pick so I would say that's maybe the label they're going with for these uh, the writer is Tom DeFalco the artist is uh, Pat Olife so uh, classics there and it says after nearly 40 years the mysteries of the secret wars deepen 
Get ready for an all-new cataclysmic battle from when Spider-Man first got his alien costume, when a mysterious being called the Beyonder assembled superheroes and villains from Earth to do battle on a patchwork planet. Yes, witness now an untold adventure set during the original the original Secret Wars. Marvel Superhero Secret Wars set the standard for uh, Marvel comic events, as well as action figures and the characters existing on the forefront of pop culture. Uh, and this very story will be the last reveal. Will at last reveal some secret connections. Uh, and missing characters going back to the 1984 original series, just in time for its 40th anniversary. What secret test are the Beyonders, are the Beyonders concluding, and how will Spider-Man, the Human Torch, and the whole cast determine the fate of the universe? Plus, surprise supervillain appearances inside. So that looks cool. Uh, I'm excited about that. Even got an homage variant cover there. Uh, yes, of absolutely. The original Wars. Yeah, fantastic. Um, and as well as that, Marvel Superheroes Secret Wars two, there's a lovely trade paperback uh, coming out as well, which I might, I might get. So that's pretty awesome. Uh, thoughts on that one? Yeah, I mean, Secret Wars is something I enjoyed. I came to it obviously a lot later. It was you know an unprecedented event for its time, basically putting all the books together into one big event, and you're not quite sure who was going to make it out. And who knew that Venom would span out of it all those years later? <laughs> Indeed, and and more and more. <laughs> um, so speaking of uh, speaking of uh, spinning out, uh, uh, coming back, uh, Fantastic Four number fourteen by Ryan North and Iban Coelho um, has sort of had the Fantastic Four has been great, mm-hmm. but it's it all it's had the feeling of sort of one thing to another and just sort of hanging on and what they've been hanging on for is uh, for their family to come back. Mm-hmm. If you remember one year ago. Uh, Reed, uh, Reed uh, undertook an experiment which ended up uh, in order to save New York he had to send the Baxter building and the people in it his family, his kids uh, away so a year ago Reed Richards uh, sent a whole city block uh, the Baxter building stands on along with his own children and the children of his best friends Ben and Alicia uh, a year ahead in time it was a desperate measure but it saved them and now it's time for them all to come back but when the Fantastic Four arrives in New York City they find something is being built in the pit where the block once stood and worse nobody seems to know exactly what it is or why they're building it with the clock ticking they investigate the mystery and discover a mysterious new threat that may have been pulling the strings this entire time so things starting to come together a year on in, uh, in North and Coelho's uh, fantastic fantastic four book no, it's been a good series it's, I've even stuck on it the whole way through I've wanted a fantastic four series to jump into for a while and I've been uh, I have been enjoying that one so far. So yeah, Fantastic Four fourteen. Uh, a little mention for Blade number six out in December as well. Really enjoyed the first two issues of Blade number three is actually out this week as we record. Uh, but Blade number six looks like it might be a bit of a jumping on point if you have not indulged thus far. Uh, written by Bran Hill, art by Alina Casagrande, and Enter Dracula. So. Until Blade became Sheriff of the Vampire Nation, Dracula was his sworn enemy. Now Dracula is the only one who can teach Blade what he still needs to learn about himself and how to unlock new powers of vampirism Blade didn't even know he possessed. So yeah, I think that'll be a jump, a good jumping on point for anybody who's late to the party. Um, although we do have issue 1s and 2 in store, so if you are a little late to it, uh, we can still certainly help you out with uh, that. That Blade book has been fantastic. First two um, issues have been great. Mm. Yeah, I mean, so the, obviously Blade needs to learn a thing or two to uh, defeat the uh, the evil that he released. Um, 
and we can thank we can thank Jason Ireland Avengers for uh, his relationship with Dracula in that respect you know of him becoming the sheriff of mm -hmm. uh, the Vampire Nation which is now based around Chernobyl uh, so it was very very cool stuff um, so yeah interesting a little bit of a X corner coming up yeah buddy and it was interesting because that Blade book was also solicited in last month's previews mm -hmm. it's funny whenever you're looking at the two books you're like oh look some stuff has slipped yeah <laughs> um, a wee quick mention for uh, X Force numbers 47 uh, by Benjamin Percy and Daniel Bakoto uh, covered by uh, Daniel Akuna. Uh have you ever heard Benjamin Percy interviewed no that man has got such a voice oh yeah he sounds like the human incarnation of a bear uh it's quite incredible um it's uh it just, makes sense that he's writing yeah, things like wolverine and, uh somewhere. worth mentioning because uh this is uh solicited as x-force reloaded a special issue x-force reborn in the aftermath of colossus and beast re revelations x-force must regroup and before they tackle their next mission they must marshal their forces as a new base in, uh, at a new base in the ends of the world. But if the harsh Arctic environment uh, won't do them in, perhaps Orcus will. Plus, be here for Quentin Quire's surprise discovery about the Hellfire Gala. So, uh, just it looks like it's a it's a reset for X Force. It looks like it's going to be their new status quo or the beginning of their new status quo. So, uh, interested in that. Sticking to the X corner, we're celebrating uh, sixty years of the original X Men uh, with a one shot called. Original X Men number one by uh, original by uh, classic writer Christos Gage uh, and Greg Land. Cover is by Ryan Stegman. The OG five on an all new adventure. Cyclops, Marvel God, Beast, Iceman, and Angel, the first and greatest heroes to bear the X name, once travelled into their own futures and reset the course of history. Now another multiversal mystery calls them forth. When the dust settles, one hero will remain trapped in the world as we know it. With shocking surprise guests and heart-pounding twists and turns, Christos Gedge and Greg Land kick off a story that will shake the whole MU. It's a one-shot. So, uh, interesting, that's referring back to whenever the original X-Men were mm -hmm. in our present day, and it was a, it was a whole thing. Uh, but yeah, pretty, pretty cool stuff. Um, we quick spin into Star Wars Corner, if you don't mind. You work away. Uh, so it's also become an annual thing for Star Wars Revelations uh, to uh, a one-shot, which is sort of, I guess, teasing the future of uh, the, the, the coming year in Star Wars comics. So that's exactly what Star Wars Revelations number one is going to do. Mark Guggenheim, Charles Soule, Greg Pack, Mark Bernardin and Kevin Scott on writing. Salvador Larucco, Will Sliney, Marika Cresta, Ibrahim uh, Robertson and more on art with a cover by Rod Rice. From the High Republic to the original trilogy and beyond. Jabba the Hutt, Darth Vader, Mace Windu, Keith Trennis, Thrawn and more. Introducing new characters, new tales, new turns and twists across all of Marvel's Star Wars line. This star-studded issue puts all the pieces on the board for what's to come in a galaxy far, far away. Uh, worth a look. The last last one was, was awesome. Um, and last one from me from Marvel, if you don't mind... The Mad Titan himself. The Mad Titan himself. Now this is one where uh, issue uh, issue two isn't actually out until uh, January. Mm -hmm. um, and I was sort of looking for it in this preview book so it reminded me I wanted to talk about issue one. Why? Uh, it's a four issue miniseries. Surprise. Uh, and it's by Christopher Cantwell uh, with art by Luco Pizzari. Thanos versus the Illuminati. The Mad Titan descends upon Earth to retrieve something he has lost. 
and the Illuminati must band together to stop him because they're the ones who hit it from him. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, looking good. Yeah, November 8th is the release date for that, so it's a bit strange that it would be January for issue two. Yeah, absolutely. It seems, again, it, it slipped, you know. Um, but yeah, Christopher Cantwell. What what did he ever do? Uh, Christopher Cl- the the Blue Flame actually, and uh, he's currently on the Star Trek Defiant. But I think what you're referring to is is there uh, it is fantastic Iron Man run. There it is, <laughs> customary Iron Man mention. <laughs> uh, well, we'll finish off with uh, a little tr- uh, trek over to Alien, and uh, Declan Shelby is continuing to write Alien after just finishing off his first volume recently. Uh, art by Andrea Bricardo. This is a brand new number one. What they seem to be doing with the Alien and Predator is much to your chagrin, is doing five issue mini series. But it makes sense for me doing it with the Alien uh, and Predator does, because. Yeah. That's a casual audience IP. And I think even if this was Alien number 26, but was the start of a new story arc, I think people would still maybe be slightly lost. So what they're doing this way, I think it suits this um, this side of things anyway. But yeah, brand new number one, written by Deck again, art by Andrea Bricardo, as I say. Everyone will hear you scream. In deep space spins a world infected by the universe's greatest killers. Most people... Same people, anyway. We construct a barrier thicker than the hulls of ten the strum was and leave it to rot. But where most people see a death trap, well in Jutani sees the biggest payout in the history of civilization. And if it costs a few human lives to secure, eh, those come cheap here. Corporate corruption, personal betrayals, and extraordinary violence. Declan Shelvin, Andrea Bricardo's next and greatest alien story starts here. So yeah, I really enjoyed uh, their run, the recent one, five issues. Very The Thing meets Alien. And it had all those touchstones, you know, yes. um, slimy executives, you know, families who are in over their heads, great suspense, great horror. So I uh, look forward to a brand new adventure there. So cool. That will kick the Marvel book. Um, that will bring the Marvel book to a finish, which leaves us just the independent book. And uh, even though the previous book doesn't start with image. We're going to start with Image. <laughs> Why not? So, so last month, uh, Image was just uh, was just a list, as we've already explained. They're they're being distributed by Penguin Random House, mm-hmm. uh, or Penguin Random House, as some may say. Um, they'd be wrong in saying that. Um, but uh, yeah, so this month, uh, Image has been uh, widened out uh, to uh, a few pages, and quite a few pages it is, but. Uh, Starting off with uh, some uh, exciting stuff that links to uh, the the Energon universe, um, so uh, which is uh, which is Robert Kirkman's mm-hmm. uh, new universe. Uh, yes, with- it's going to be your Transformers, which of course was uh, initially teased in Void Rivals with uh, Lorenzo De Felici, which has been a great series in its own right, but it certainly had that surprise element in uh, issue one of Void Rivals. Yes, it certainly did. Um, um, Transformers number one is launching in the next couple of weeks, but that's not the only title that is going to be within the Energon universe. No, absolutely not. Uh, launching in December from Joshua Williamson with art and cover art by Tom Riley is Duke number one. Uh, the solicitation reads, the G.I. Joe initiative begins here. Uh, Conrad Hauser has made his first contact with an alien being. Or was it a UFO? Was it both? Oh, that sounds interesting. Uh, but one not even... But no one, not even Colonel Hawk, will believe the story of the jet fighter converting into a colossal alien robot that nearly killed the man known as Duke. 
Now, one of the US Army's most decorated officers is on the hunt for answers, drawn into a conflict uh, that no amount of training could ever prepare him for. A war that only a real American hero has any chance of surviving. Superstar writer Joshua Williamson and artist Tom Riley kick off the first of four action-packed miniseries that will introduce the best and worst humanity has to offer in the Energon universe. So that is, of course, that's Duke. Duke. I mean, if you know G.I. Joe, that's that's Duke. What else do you need? Um, also worth mentioning that in the November book, uh, we had uh, news that uh, and release. Uh, so obviously... Uh, Larry Hama uh, is the rightist artist, editor and army veteran who co-created the G.I. Joe line of uh, line of comics, cartoons and toys uh, and the news was that he was going to continue writing his G.I. Joe Real American Hero comic past its final issue 300 which was released by IDW last year so, uh, so the news that Image Comics and Skybound are the new publishers of Transformers and G.I. Joe comic books uh, the, the comic has been the, the question about uh, Larry Hama has been answered. Larry Hama actually wrote that What If Carnage book. Yeah. Um, last month. Um, John McRae uh, was there, wasn't it? So three hundred ended in a cliffhanger, and it's now been confirmed that for November, uh, drawn by Chris Minahim, who drew Nightwing and Sergeant Rock and the Unknown Soldier, uh, we're getting uh, GI Joe: The Real American Hero three hundred and one. A new era of GI Joe begins in GI Joe: a Real American Hero three hundred and one, which is labelled. Uh, the 301st issue uh, with this jumping on point for new readers as your favourite characters Duke, Scarlet, Roadblock, Storm Shadow Cobra Commander, Serpentor and more are back for new battles, new friends new enemies and the return of the original Snake Eyes each issue of G.I. Joe the Ruminican Hero will also feature an open order variant cover with a black and white version of Kubert's stunning main cover so that looks good uh, continues the historic partnership between Skybound and Hasbro that uh, that was announced uh, previously, and uh, this it's called three hundred one, but in effect, it is an issue one. Yeah. Uh, and in addition, we're also in November getting Cobra Commander one from Skybound. Uh, actually, it says it's, it's launching January two thousand twenty four, but it was a November book. Sure, what can you do? Uh, Joshua Williamson, Andre Milana, uh, who um, wrote that Impact Winter, that sort of uh, post apocalyptic vampire yeah. thing. And uh, Annalisa Leone, who was the colorist on Oblivion Song. In a world where Cobra doesn't exist, one man's sinister plan to utilize the mysterious alien substance known as Energon will send shockwaves across the globe. Uh, that is Cobra Commander. So suffice to say, they're going full pelt in the Energon universe. Uh-huh. Uh huh. No message about there. I think Transformers number one may be out next week. Off yes, the top of my looking head. forward to that. Which is one of the biggest single-ordered books in the history of Coffee and Heroes. Oh, is it? I have ordered 100 copies of it. Holy crap. We have a total of 27 people on it so far. But I just get the feeling this is going to be one people come back to and come back to. You know, it's got the image factor. It's got the Robert Kirkman factor. It's got the Transformers factor it's got the number one factor and most importantly it has the Daniel Warren Johnson factor <laughs> so do a power bomb. you've heard me heard both of us talk about it so much yes such uh, a good book I think this Transformers launch is going to be big so I've ordered big on it uh, and I will also be getting quite a few of the variants one the 10s one the 25s one the 50s and even one one to 100 ooh 
So I'm looking forward to receiving those and hoping that Diamond package them accordingly. Cool. And you're you're feeling confident about that size of an order? Yeah, I don't do it for a lot of things. Um, but Transformers is something we get asked about all the time. It's it's a hard place for people to jump into. Yep. Uh, it certainly was through IDW. So the fact that this is the start of a brand new universe, and as I say, the the mitigating factors, you know, Kirkman's involvement, Image's involvement, yep. and yep. you know the creative team. So. Uh, we will soon see. I may be crying on a podcast in the future going, I can't sell these. Or I may be going, geez, 100 was not enough. <laughs> well, I, I hope it's the latter rather than... You know. We shall wait and see. But yeah, the Energon universe, as as we said, it's been slowly being established in Void Rivals. Kicks in the full gear with Transformers. That is indeed out next week, uh, October 4th. And then as Keith says, Cobra Commander, Duke and G.I. Joe all to come within the next couple of months. Cool, cool. Um, alrighty what have we got next on our agenda so you've got a couple of mentions there for titles again from last month Geiger is continuing yes with the new is. two issue miniseries Geiger uh, of course being from Jeff Johns and uh, Gary Frank isn't it yeah it is indeed um, so this is as you mentioned a two issue miniseries the saga of the unnamed which is the the uh, the overall group yeah. you know which also includes uh, what did you call him Joe Junkyard uh, Joe Junkyard Joe yeah. and a variety of others continues Jeff Johns and Greg Frank return to the apocalyptic world of Geiger for a special explosive two issue origin epic what did Tariq Geiger what happened to Tariq Geiger in the uh, days after the nuclear bombs first dropped how did mankind survive the unknown war who is the mysterious Russian scientist Dr. Molotov and why is he hunting Geiger how does this tie in all the way back to the American Revolution get ready to put your hazmat suit on and find out uh, so that sounds pretty cool. Um, also mentioned last month was uh, I don't know if you remember uh, the last year there was a series called Siphon. Yeah, I think it was only like a three issue series. It's quite yeah. He was a he was a uh, I believe he was um, a, a paramedic. Mm-hmm. Um, and it turned out then that uh, he had a, he 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 was a supernatural empath. Who uh, a wielder of of ancient power to sense and siphon away pain from from others, and uh, towards the end of the the series, it was only four issues, I think. He encountered another of his kind who was a bit of a bastard, uh, and uh, so this volume two, which I think is a, a new four issue story, um, uh, the creator uh, Mohsen Ashraf will be joined by co writer Arisha Kanda. And original and new series artist Thomas uh, Hedglin, as he struggles to navigate his purpose and the moral ambiguity of his newfound power, uh, he is joined by Livia, a scientist and trauma researcher exploring 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 the fringe of the siphon verse. Uh, the series unveils new character settings, including a siphon temple in the lost Amazon, brimming with deep lore of the power and a long forgotten threat reawakened. This was uh, it was a series that I was kind of enjoying. It was it was. The first couple of issues, I was like, oh, all right. But you know, it's one of those things you get to issue two and you're like, there's no point in dropping it now. Mm. But by the end of issue, by issue three, they had started opening up this this whole lore. Yeah. And, and I was like, oh, man, this was this was cool. So, so yeah, so it's uh, it looks really interesting. The uh, the series author, Ashraf, describes volume two as a Temple of Badoom-style psychedelic thriller delving into the depths of mental health. Uh, very excited to continue the story of Silas and Livia in Siphon Volume 2 
explore more of the power, get deeper into the main characters and start to ask the tough questions. So uh, real interesting stuff there uh, from uh, Image Top Cow. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we have the, the trade for the first volume in stores. I'd say it was three issues, but I'm pretty sure, pretty sure they were slightly oversized issues. So it was roughly about the material of a four-issue miniseries, but uh, yeah. all come together there. So, uh, yeah, Siphon there. So a couple of other new titles coming soon. We've got a return of a, a, a series that we both, I'm pretty sure, very much enjoyed. Uh, which was Adventure Man from uh, Matt Fraction and the Dodsons. Yeah. Uh, great pulpy adventure book. Uh, always a gorgeous looking book and it's back now with a new story arc. So they've went back to number one with this, obviously with that subtitle of Ghost Lights. So perfect for jumping into a new story arc. So uh, when the good guys of the Golden Age come back, all their ghosts follow. Now Claire, the new Adventure Man and her maybe Bo Chris... The new crossdog kid defend peace on earth from a phantom empire of crime. <laughs> Class. By Matt Fraction, Sex Criminals and Hawkeye. There's a CV and a half. And Terry and Rachel Dodson, Red One and Harley Quinn. So kicking off on the 20th of December, that one. Yeah, I mean, that's, I still have the, that sort of left, it was left a wee bit dangling. Yeah. Um, You know, at the end of the last series, you know, and I still have the, you know, I have a, a, a box that, uh, I'll, I'll I'll put books that I've read in when I'm ever waiting for the next book to go on the back, mm-hmm. uh, and that's still sitting there. And I was like, it, it just feels, you know. So I'm really glad to see it back. I, I don't know what happened. I don't know if this was the original plan or or what. But yeah, really, really chuffed to yeah, really chuffed to see it back. I have to say, um, another one that is looking kind of interesting. Uh, it's uh, in the massive verse, uh, as it is. Uh, everything has a verse now, doesn't it? Um, with the writer Cal Higgins and uh, artists Danielle de Nicciolo and various others. Uh, he's tangled with Radiant Black and fought alongside the dead Lucky. But who's the man in the suit and how did he assemble his team of supervillains? This extra length one shot contains four five page shift stories originally released in uh, Image, uh, you know, the Image exclamation mark book, mm-hmm. um, plus a brand new five page story by Shift creators Kyle Higgins and Daniela Di Nicolo uh, ahead of Shift's appearance in Radiant Black and the Catalyst War. So that is the Shift one-shot. Yeah, good artist in that. Daniela Di Nicolo was the artist yeah. on Seven Secrets. So with, uh, she was, yep. So they, so they were. So with Tom Taylor. Yep. A um, couple of collections that are worth mentioning starting the image books, definitely because one of them is probably the most anticipated this month, from me anyway. But it's not this one. Uh, this is uh, <laughs> that's a segue. Uh, first of all, one that we thought was worth mentioning is Curse Words, the whole damn compendium. So, Image have been really, really um, forthright in the last year or two with releasing compendiums, hardcover collections, um, extended collections. Image have ma- really made it easy for series that have been published in the last ten to fifteen years for you to be able to get your hands on them. And this is no exception. Now, there is a hardcover already out of this, but this is a, a softcover compendium uh, called Curse Words. And the reason they're obviously releasing this as well is this is from Charles Soule and Ram Brown, who were the creators of Eight Billion Genies. You may have heard us talk about it quite a few times on the reviews pod. Thoroughly, thoroughly wonderful title. Charles Soule, also the man who is currently shepherding the Star Wars corner of the uh, Marvel Universe. While also being a lawyer and working on Undiscovered Country with Scott Snyder quite so he's a busy man but yeah curse words was a 28 issue series um so here at last from charles soul and ryan brown 
Curse Words, the whole damn thing is the complete collection of the magical, hilarious, oddly moving story of an evil wizard named Wizard, his talking koala sidekick Margaret, and their journey to be good, or at least slightly less bad, in this dark, unforgiving world of ours. Collects all 28 issues originally published by Image Comics and the previously unpublished full-length epilogue issue, Curse Words Afterwards. This is the definitive collection of the series that Joe Hill, who wrote Joe Hill's Reign, that's such a bad solicitation, uh, calls a terrific, terrific <laughs> comic. I mean, why not just say Joe Hill, Lock and Key? Yeah, why not just say Joe Hill, kid of Stephen King? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that might be worth going back and picking up if you enjoyed 8 Billion Genies. But the solicitation that uh, we're probably most looking forward to, mm-hmm. because any time these guys release something, we're uh, paying full attention. And that is a original graphic novel called Where the Body Was. And this is written by Ed Brubaker. Art is by Sean Phillips. Colors are by Jacob Phillips. So Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips, best-selling creators of Pulp, Reckless, Criminal, are back with a new original graphic novel that readers will be obsessed with. A boarding house full of druggies, a neglected housewife, a young girl who thinks she's a superhero, a cop who wants to be left alone, and a private detective looking for a runaway girl. These stories collide one fateful summer in Where the Body Was, a tale of love and murder in the suburbs, told from a dozen different points of view. All the neighbours on the block have an opinion about the murder and how it happened, but which of them is telling the truth? Where the Body Was is a tour de force from Grandmasters Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips, Starting with the map of the crime scene, this murder mystery follows the ripples of this killing as they echo through decades of love and loss and passion and violence. Like a true crime podcast crossed with a long lost diary, Where the Body Was is unlike anything Brew Baker and Phillips have ever done and a must have for all their avid fans. Mm-hmm. Could we be seeing the book of the year at the end of the year? Could be, could be. Could be, and that's perfect timing for me because I'm really enjoying Only Murders in the Building at the moment. Right. Which is very much yes. based on the whole idea of true crime podcast. Okay. So uh, that's definitely one to keep an eye out for. That's and where that's, the body was. That's the 13th of December release. 13th of December. Cool, Happy cool. Christmas to us. <laughs> well. Um, but from good news... The bad news. Well, no, well, no. All good things must come to an end. Firepower by Kirkman and Samney, number 30. Losing his parents, training at the Temple of the Flaming Fist, learning the firepower, starting a family. Owen's whole life has been building to this moment where he attempts the impossible one last time. Boo. This is the series finale of the fantastic Kung Fu epic by uh, Robert Kirkman, uh, Chris Samney, and Matthew Wilson in colours. So, uh, will not be looking forward. Will be looking forward to the ending. Will not be looking forward to the conclusion uh, yeah. to it finishing. So this has been great from the from the introductory prelude graphic novel uh, to that uh, to 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 right up to now. So so yeah, we'll be sorry to see this go, but uh, but the uh, the joy of having a completed story. Yeah, uh, this is true. This know. is true. I mean, we just got the um, prelude graphic novels back in stock today, actually. Um, I could see in the shelf that we had volumes two, three, four, five, but no number ones. But mm-hmm. that has been rectified, dear friends, and you can now jump on the fire part from the beginning if you have not uh, indulged just yet. Shall we uh, clip-clop into the Dark Horse stable? For a change. I mean, Dark Horse doesn't usually get an awful lot of mention on this pod, but here we are with three titles. Indeed, yes. Uh, I'd kick off if you don't mind. By all means. Um, we've got uh, something that uh, myself and a number of other uh, heads in the store... Uh, enjoyed the first series of mostly because we were familiar with uh, and uh, continue to enjoy the books upon which the series is based so this is Assassin's Apprentice 2 
number one and two, uh, written by Jodie Hauser. Uh, well, adapted by Jodie Hauser, written by Robin Hobb, with art by uh, Ryan Kelly. Assassin's Apprentice starts the second chapter here. Spring comes to the six duchies, and with it, the fear, some menace of the red ship raiders. As the danger creeps ever closer to Buckkeep, Fitz is given his first true mission from Shade to infiltrate the estate of a nobleman and look for any signs of treason. But an assassin's job is far from simple, and the fate of the realm may depend on it, on if Fitz can take a life or spare one instead. So great to see uh, the Assassin's Apprentice back for uh, a second series, uh, continuing to adapt uh, one of my favourite fantasy books. Yeah, there's been a bunch of guys, as you say, on that in store, and they've been eagerly awaiting the next one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they'll be happy to see a second solicitation there. Yeah, perfect. Well, that uh, that is, again, solicited for December. Excellent. And another Dark Horse one worth mentioning. Again, number one was originally mentioned in last month's previous book, but number two is in this one. Uh, and that is the latest release from, again, we've talked about it before, what a couple of years ago was Scott Tober, when Scott Snyder released five or six different <laughs> Comicsology original series with great artists at the helm of these books and it's time for another print release of one of those books which is called Canary uh, written by Scott Snyder art by Dan Panasian this one just sounds like it's got Keith written all over it yeah <laughs> in 1891 a mine collapsed into itself what was the dark substance found 666 feet underground blending modern horror historical fact and western lore all those words you love. Yes, Scott yes. Snyder and Dan bingo, Panison bingo, bingo. created <laughs> a uniquely terrifying thriller with Canary. During the final days of the gold rush, one mining company in Colorado pulled up radioactive uranium, and then the mine collapsed on itself. Legends sprung up about the mine being cursed or even haunted. Now the frontier is closed, the gold and silver mines have dried up. The country is becoming civilized, and yet in one stretch of the Rocky Mountains, a terrifying new kind of violence is suddenly emerging. Random killings, people going mad and murdering neighbours, classmates without a real cause. When a schoolboy kills his teacher with a hatchet, a famous federal marshal named Azrael William Holt is called in to investigate the killings. Uh, what her brilliant young geologist stranger are more horrifying than anything they could ever imagined. Rub those hands with glee. Yes, looking forward to that. What a lovely cover as well. Yeah. Crossed six guns. Yeah, with the skull just in the centre as oh, well. Oh, I didn't notice that. That's phenomenal. Yeah, really, really good work behind that. So, yeah, another Scott Snyder joint being printed yep. through Dark Horse to look forward to. Perfect. So, sticking with Dark Horse, we have from uh, Eisner Award-winning creative team behind uh, Daredevil and Scarlet. That is uh, Brian Michael Bendis and artist Alex uh, Malieve. Um, we have an all-new... An all-new crime comic epic, so I know that'll be right up your street. Mm-hmm. Um, Emma is a brilliant and driven 16-year-old. She has paid for school with her next-level inventions and is well-known for her funny and honest webcomics. Then one day, one of the most famous billionaires in the world confronts her with the truth about her world. Emma discovers that she is the only daughter of two of the greatest, most charismatic master criminals of all time, the suavest, most liked criminals ever. The criminal's criminal, the ones that wrote the rulebook. There are movies about them starring the biggest movie stars. Her parents were the authors of the greatest casino robbery of all time. The greatest museum heist of all time. And they took the world's most famous billionaire for a cool billion before they disappeared, never to be seen or heard from again. Ghosts. Zero Preston is the greedy billionaire her parents brilliantly ripped off before they disappeared. He has been looking for payback for years. He finds Emma, who clearly does not have his money. Zero threatens master, Masterpiece into pulling a grand impossible job against his corporate enemy, the Master of the Universe. Sorry, 
his corporate enemy. This master of the universe will have his satisfaction. Masterpiece fashions a crew of her peers and her parents' old associates to pull off one of the greatest heists of all time. Among the cast of characters come the return of the legendary criminal, the Paragon. A Robin Hood for our times, this exquisitely dressed, long con master criminal returns to his calling when faced with the truth behind the sinister corporate forces of Zero. I don't know what's left to tell in the comic book, considering the size of that uh, Well, I mean, Brad Michael Bendis has always been accused of being an overrider uh, with talking heads who never <laughs> stopped talking. And clearly his solicitations uh, had a lot to live up to, and I think he has lived up to them with that solicitation. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, well, I'll jump into one now from uh, Distillery Comics. Uh, so Distillery, of course, being the new label that launched, uh, it had a, a preview sort of one-shot anthology called the devil's cut uh, which was exceptionally good it was a little preview of sort of 11 different titles from some of these creators uh, distillery have already announced gone from jock uh, last month they had somna being announced from tula lote and becky clunan and then the new one that they're going to launch that's in this month's previews book is called blasphemous which is going to be a three issue series written and drawn by mirka and dolfo who it's a creator whose work I quite enjoy. They, they've been doing some good stuff through Image, Mary Gandolfo's Mercy, for example. Uh, she also worked on Unnatural, Harley Quinn. Uh, so from international superstar, Mary Gandolfo comes a new horror comedy that only Gandolfo can deliver, asking the question, how many fans is your soul worth? In a world where pop stars have ascended to divinity and the masses bow in veneration to a new generation of viral superstars, angels and demons thrive on this ex exaltation and revel in this spotlight that grants them unimaginable power. Clella, the reigning queen of pop, finds her throne shaken by a newcomer radiating with enigmatic charm. As her fans waver and the public eye threatens to wander, Clea and her demonic agent, Father Lev, are thrust into a battle for dominance on this exhilarating stage of music and mysticism. How far will they go to defend her reign and unravel the mystery of this sensational new threat? Mixing the sacred and the profane, Harvey Award-winning Mirko Andolfo effortlessly merges the mythological urban fantasy to your favourite words mm -hmm. of American Gods with the sardonic wit of the good place in a brand new dark series featuring stunning visual and narrative intensity set in the glittering world of pop music that is due on the 20th of December Blasphemous Blasphemous cool indeed from Distillery um, from cartoon books uh, worth mentioning uh, because for a couple of reasons uh, one uh, because uh, we recently uh, this month got uh, bone more tall tales from Jeff Smith uh, also because um, sadly he suffered a heart attack uh, last month uh, but well a heart incident last month but uh, very pleased to say that he's doing well uh, he survived uh, mm -hmm. and it, it's it's great to be able to say that about a seems comic creator to, seems to be on the mend um, as well yeah seems to be on the mend and, uh, and we wish him all the best but uh Worth mentioning uh, the reissue of Jeff Smith's Tukey Volume 1 Fight for Fire graphic novel. Uh, it's by writing and art by Jeff Smith, cover art Jeff Smith and Tom Graft. Uh, this was his prehistoric um, adventure, uh, which was originally released, I think, in 2021. The ancient world was filled with restless spirits and powerful forces. Two million years ago, human evolution made its move. It chose fire. At the dawn of humanity, during a period of tremendous change and drought, three lost children meet a mysterious traveller named Tuki. Together, they, their search for the mother herd of, the, of all buffalo leads them far north 
through the dangerous territory of a rival species called the Habilene. The Habilene hunt and kill anyone found using fire. Tuki's reputation precedes them uh, and soon they find themselves at the centre of unwanted attention, uh, not only from Habilene warriors, but of tribal spirits and giants. Sounds like a great read, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think uh, it was volume one of six. And I think, I don't know if it's completed yet or not. Uh, be worth uh, be worth having a wee look. But uh, it's Jeff Smith. Uh, did you ever read Russell? No. With the uh, criminal with the time machine. It was no. kind of cool. So that was after Bone Russell was was one of, uh, R-A-S-L was one of uh, mm -hmm. Jeff Smith's. And then uh, and then Tookie. So worth worth having a look. He only, is he involved in cartoon books somehow? Yes, I believe so. I believe so. I'm not sure what that involvement is though whether it's his yeah I'm wondering yeah. if it's kind of a self-publishing type thing yeah. where do you want to go next or not well we can move away from there and move on to Boom Studios if you wish uh, it's quite bad that it took us this long to mention them given that they actually have pride of place at the yeah, very the very start front of the book, of the book now uh, absolutely so not only did it take this long to get the Boom despite being at the front of the book it took this long to get to a Tom King title I am disgusted with myself. Uh -huh. uh, and that title is Animal Pound. So this is going to be a four-issue miniseries. Uh, prior to the number one arriving, there is an Ishkan arriving. Uh, Ishkan, for those unfamiliar, are sort of like 12 to 14 page previews. Um, they used to get sent out to retailers just to sort of get them excited for certain books. But they're now actually starting to release them uh, to the public and charging for them of course yeah we had the the rare flavors rare flavors recently yeah which then, was from ram v uh, and, and then animal pound was animal pound yeah we've got members wasn't it we've got that ordered so you'll be able to get a sneak peek but the title launch is probably december 20th uh written by tom keen art by peter gross uh and it seems to basically be an adaptation of animal farm so when animals grow tired of being caged killed and sold off it's only a matter of time before they've had enough when an uprising puts a pound in control of the animals, they quickly find themselves as comrades, united against everything that walks on two legs. Because remember, four legs good, two legs bad. Quite. But with this newfound power comes a sudden challenge, how best to lay the groundwork for this new democracy as they write their first constitution. Discover an epic graphic novel uh, storytelling event from celebrated New York Times best-selling Eisner Award-winning... Jeez, that's a long sentence. <laughs> winning writer Tom King. A New York Times best-selling Eisner Award-nominated artist Peter Gross. Uh, King and Gross collaborate for the first time ever to bring this enduring Orwellian allegory to life for the 21st century. Lovely. So, from Boom Studios, definitely one to look forward to there. Um, so in line with we talked about Timeless which is uh, previewing Marvel's coming year and Star Trek Star Wars Revelations which will be previewing the coming year in uh, Star Wars if you remember last year we got Book of Slaughter mm -hmm. previewing the coming year in the Slaughterverse uh, while also uh, detailing uh, a lot of the, the sort of the background of the House of Slaughter you know and mm -hmm. uh, their artifacts and their teachings and their their uh their organization so this year uh we are getting from james tinian and werther deladera uh the creators of um sick tick sick tick indeed something is killing the children we're getting the book of butcher uh, a deep dive into house boucher a must-have for any slaughterverse fan look we have a slaughterverse now uh, <laughs> Leading into the fifth anniversary of Something is Killing the Children and building in last year's Book of Slaughter, 
Uh, Maxine Slaughter steps into the spotlight in her journey uh, from white to black mask. With New Orleans as her destination, uh, what will Maxine uncover about House Boucher and what will she learn about herself in the process? The award-winning best-selling creative team of James Tilly and the Fourth and Werther Daladera unleash their only their only first issue of 2023 and set the stage for year five of the Slaughterverse. Cool. Everything has to have a verse. It does indeed. Um, such a book, and it's funny we're heading into year five of uh, something that was only yeah. supposed to last six issues. Six issues. Yeah. Yeah, it was solicited around the same time as Once in Future, when Once in Future was only supposed to be six That's issues. That's right. Yes. Absolutely. And it ended up hitting thirty. So yeah, uh, so good, so good. Oh, sure. Go ahead, take another one for from Boom Studios, will not oh, you? Okay, sure. Another one that uh, jumped. This out is of me. one I I had on the board, and I would have certainly talked about last month because yeah. this looks really cool. Do you want it, or do you? Oh, you go. You've okay. got the book in your hand. Cool. You well, uh, as 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 mentioned, issue two of this is out in December, so issue one in November. It was the gem of the month, uh, written by Darcy Van Polgeest and uh, illustrated by Chao Felipe, uh, with uh, colors by Patricio Del Pecci. Um, it is a mind-bending dystopian sci-fi uh, from the Eisner award-winning writer of Little Bird, perfect for fans of Old Dog, and it's called Lotusland. Uh, and it is. That's uh, how you know Dex made it now. Things are being compared yeah, to Old Dog. Absolutely, uh, Lotusland number one of six. So in Vancouver of the future, uh, painted with ultra-modern decay, uh, groundbreaking advancement in technology promises to end promises an end to entropy itself. An end to entropy, I guess, means an end to decay an end to uh, an end to death mm-hmm. actually uh, but when uh, an attack on the mysterious uh, keeper program threatens the lives of everyone t- tied to it retired police detective Bernie Strikeman is called to investigate uh, one last case from award winning Harvey nominated writer and director uh, Darcy Van Polgeest Little Bird uh, is joined by rising star artist Chao Felipe uh, Stranger Things uh, for this uh, timely and thought-provoking look into the human condition set in dystopian the dystopia that's uh, guaranteed that's 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 as grounded as it is metaphysical. Yeah, some great-looking preview art for yeah. that one. Looks phenomenal. Colors really pop and. Yep. Yeah, the preview art for that is is absolutely great. Looks really good. Another one from me for Boom Studios this month is Under Heist. This is a five-issue mini-series uh, done by the Laphams, David Lapham and Maria Lapham. How do you know that name? Uh, David Lapham, I know primarily from doing a really good Batman uh, maxi-series. Uh, it was 12 issues long. I'm trying to think of the name, but it'll come to me. Uh, he's more well-known probably for um, Stray Bullets. Ah, uh, yes, of course. Which is their sort of... They're, they are more... Yeah, both. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, both. Um, so for this one, written by David Lapham and Maria Lapham with art by David Lapham, after his gambling addiction brings David to the lowest point in his life and decimates his personal life, he'd do anything for one last chance at setting things right. But the road to hell is paved with good intentions. He may just be in luck if he can call it that. The grapevine yields illicit fruit as he learns of a heist, one involving a tunnel system that no one knows better than former NYC subway veteran David. In this brand new hard-boiled heist series with a supernatural horror twist, perfect for fans of Phantom Road and Newburn, the hit Stray Bullets creative team of David and Maria Lapham explore how seeking atonement can lead people to do desperate and dangerous things. 
So I need to know what the David Lapham Batman book is. That's going to be <laughs> City of Crime. Okay, I see. City of Crime. Cool. Really, really good uh, book. But uh, yeah, I think you've got a couple in from Boom to, to finish uh, us off. I do indeed, just to, just to polish us off. Um, so last month and last month's book, uh, this was credited as just uh, Zawa. Mm-hmm. Uh, this month it's been credited as Zawa and the Belly of the, belly of the Beast. Either way, it is by Michael Dialinus, uh, who you whose name you may recognize as the artist on Wind. Wind. Uh, quite. So this is coming from Boom Studios. Princess uh, Mononoke meets Twig when a hungry mountain deity discovers the magic of friendship and a home-cooked meal. Uh, GLA GLAD award-winning uh, and Eisner Award-nominated cartoonist Michael Dialinus uh, crafts a charmingly macabre, eco-friendly fable about nature, greed, and good food shared with better friends in Zawa and the Belly of the Beast, available. Uh, first issue is November uh, 2023, with issue two in uh, December. December. Trapped for eternity inside her mountain by pollution-spewing factories, the ancient guardian spirit Zawa has uh, only industrial runoff to eat, leading, to, leading her to a bitter existence of paranoia and destruction. But when two siblings from a nearby village, Bandit and Thatcher, help her escape, they'll quickly learn that the way to calm Zawa's heart is through a well-nourished stomach. Um, Zawa and the Belly of the Beast features main cover by Michael Dialinus, uh, with variants by Jorge Corona and Carl Kershey and more. Um, so, uh, yeah, looks looks lovely. Looks like a nice looks like a nice book, doesn't it? Yeah, and Wind is a great book. Yeah, it really is. It's a it few really volumes is. deep at this point. Um, Michael Dialinus did something else as well. Uh, can't remember what it was. Can't remember what it was, um, and it doesn't. And it doesn't matter, I guess. Um, and I suppose the last thing uh, for me to mention is the final issue of June House Harkonnen. That's number twelve of twelve. Um, just these these Dune books, uh, Dune House of Trades, House of Harkonnen. Uh, the adaptions of the novels have just been a great use of the license. Um, so um, that's been a that's been a great series, and uh, they're releasing the hardcover at the same time. So that'll be a good one. Worked on the woods with James Tinney in the fourth. Could have been that, and did some turtles books. Perfect. And is Greek. He's Greek. There you are. A Greek uh, artist, which you don't oh, see an awful lot of in mm. comics in general, but uh, obviously, yeah, set up a good relationship with uh, Tinian through the woods. Uh, which was a Boom Studios title back in the day, and then obviously they reworked uh, or they worked together then on Wind and co created that. Cool. Um, have we much else to do? No, I think that is pretty much there, but you may just have one last yeah. sneaky one. Fair Square Comics have got a sci fi horror Western manga style. What is Western manga style? Terra Antarctica. Yeah, Terra Antarctica <laughs> trade paperback is right. It says, you are not ready, we repeat. You are not ready. Raw, brutal, strange. Terra Antarctica is the sensational Western manga volume of the year. It's releasing on December 13th. It's squarebound, 164 pages for mature readers. Uh, and writer-artist uh, Augustin Graham Nakamura is uh, the, the person in charge. You know what? The thing that really grabbed me was the, the front cover, which uh, is clearly designed... Uh, to elicit feelings of the thing. Um, so it says, two detectives from Buenos Aires, Moscow and Maya, come to a small uh, town in Patagonia at the end of the world, what is commonly known as Antarctica. 
They meet Joe, the suspect of an apparently common bank robbery case who can't recall his own name and keeps drawing confusing symbols pointing towards the south. They immediately acknowledge that something far more intriguing is at play here and they'll drive towards Antarctica. As they drive towards Antarctica, they'll uncover secrets kept hidden for hundreds of years, holding the future of humankind at stake. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, Fair Square Comics are the ones that have been doing that uh, Far South. The yes, reading, they are. I think that's what uh, that's what uh, what got me. Yeah. Uh, about it. Yeah, for sure. Just cool. Fin- just finished the second one of that a couple of days ago. Yes, as did I. Honestly. It was brilliant, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, really good. It, re- it was nice how the story tied into the stories of the first one. Yeah. As well. So yeah, really enjoying that. Cool. So that is our sojourn through two months worth of previews books almost Uh, as we obviously had to do a couple of callbacks to the previous month just so that this month's books made complete uh, sense with as I say lots of number twos there but again we want to get that info out there so that you guys don't miss out again anything that we've we've talked about today is still available for pre-order so don't be worrying about that you'll still be guaranteed your first prints cover A's pardon me all the cover price of course so uh yeah any pre-orders just get in touch with the store and we can get you sorted for that we've got this one out nice and early for the october book for december release uh you know the main orders in it aren't due for at least three to four weeks so uh for once we're ahead of the game yay um i think we navigated that well Not considering we had a big old pile of previews books across two months that is yeah. a chunky pile of previews books so uh but yeah as ever those are just our favorite picks from the books uh the books of course will always be in the store you can call in have we flick through them grab yourself a table a cup of coffee and take your time um but again we we just those are the titles we think are most deserving of your hard-earned or moderately hard-earned cash depending what you do and certainly uh certainly we'll be putting them on our pool lists I'd say so. Ah, another expensive month. Yeah, buddy. Oh, the joy of comics. <laughs> but anyway, as ever, I hope you guys enjoyed this. I hope it's proven useful to uh, listening to us natter on about what's coming soon. And uh, we hope that there are some in there that tickled your fancy. So we will endeavour to get our reviews pod out within the next week or two as well to get ourselves nicely caught up. And it's been a pleasure. Absolutely. Lovely, lovely sitting here chatting uh, four colour first aid kits with you. <laughs> Four colour first aid kits. That Mm -hmm. needs to be a quote on a comic book. So I've been Alan Taylor and this has been Keith Miller. You can find Alan in store at Coffee and Heroes and on Twitter where Alan is at Coffee and Heroes 1 and I'm Ascanison00. Coffee and Heroes is a local comic book shop, coffee shop and community hub in Northern Ireland based at Smithfield Market in the centre of Belfast. You can find Coffee and Heroes on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram or email us at coffeeandheroes at hotmail.com. Make sure to check out our YouTube channel as well. The Coffee and Heroes podcast is available on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts and through all good podcast platforms. Please like and subscribe and leave a review so more people can find us. And until next time, happy reading and hope to see you in store.